everybody, this is Aug Stone bringing you an off-the-record mini-episode of Mallory Smart's Textual Healing Podcast. I'm going to read to you a passage from my new book, The Ballad of Buttery Cake Ass. The narrator and his best friend Trig are on a quest to find Buttery Cake Ass's legendary Live in Hungaria album, but no one seems to know anything about this band or where to get one. In this section, they've finally found a lead. And tucked in between the names of Walter Graff City and Eric Dolphy was one Cookie Dune. So we set about it systematically again, going to the library and taking out the phone books for every major metropolitan area in the country to assiduously scroll through, which at times seemed almost as time-consuming as visiting every graveyard and looking for a tombstone with a reference to buttery cake ass. I reckon one of the advantages of being dead is that you don't have to make or take any calls. Only later did we realize that our difficulties were due to us starting with A and going alphabetically through the states. But there was always the chance we'd hit gold in California if she had made her way out to Hollywood to try her hand at the silver screen. It was a long slog through half the alphabet that you soon fall into a rhythm instinctively flipping the pages open to the D.O. section and scanning down for any C. dunes. It was highly unlikely that Cookie was on her birth certificate, so we looked for Catherine with a C or Catherine with a K or even Caitlin. Anything which might permutate to, we were guessing, Katie, and then a short hop, skip, and a jump onto what everyone knew her as. To be safe, we even peered a little further down the lists for Madeline. Dial M for cookie, you know? Then it was finding an appropriate hour or two to call these numbers when someone might be home to answer. Trig working overtime to be able to afford the long-distance charges. Not minding so much his desire to obtain live in Hungary and now formaldehyde hydro, too great to be stopped by anything short of having his ears ripped off in some sort of thermonuclear explosion. And even then he'd still want to see the covers, feel the vinyl in his hands, to know, however incompletely, what it had all been about. But these additional costs did put a dent in his record-buying budget for a while, having to hold off on need-to-reads, cassette insert, rock, rock, rock and rolls, rock, 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 rock and roll, crowded crevices, dynamite hop, and numerous other gems until the phone bills were paid. But it was all worth it, when having traversed the mountain of M's to come to the last of the new states, we finally confirmed one C. Dune, who had known the band, to be residing in Brooklyn. A wave of euphoria like neither of us had ever felt before swept through our souls as we stared at each other from across Trigg's parents' living room. I grasping the receiver from the kitchen with both hands as 20 feet away Trigg protruded over the upstairs railing, having stretched his bedroom phone cord as far as it would go. Our hard work had paid off. Cookie's charm was evident from her first word, and greater still as she continued. For after we had asked the all-important, life-changing opening question, are you the Cookie Dune who is thanked on buttery cake asses for maldehyde hydro 7-inch, before she even responded in the affirmative, Trig and I just sensing this was the one. And well, the two of us temporarily lost the capacity to speak and smell for about 15 seconds. Not that the latter one has anything to do with it, but it was an odd experience, 
especially with Trigg's mom having left one of her ever-fragrant cinnamon apple pies to cool on the table, fresh out of the oven as it was, as we prepared for this most momentous of phone calls. The crisp, delicious scent hitting us once again on the voice of the other end of the line giggled, Hello! Hello! And what we couldn't be certain wasn't an imitation of John Lydon on PIL's partially eponymous first single. Then echoing Fred's, it's been a long time since I've heard that name, shocking us that buttery cake ass weren't still, so many years later, a vibrant part of her everyday life. Well, I guess it would be obvious to choose public image to go with this excerpt, but the world of buttery cake ass, nothing is ever that clear cut. There's actually two songs I'm going to choose to accompany this passage, both by the band David Devant and His Spirit Wife. If you don't know them and you like catchy rock music with great lyrics, I can't recommend enough you going and listening to them right now. They're my favorite band. And Mikey Georgeson, their singer, is one of my all-time favorite songwriters. And Mikey was nice enough to give me a great quote to go on the back of this book. One of the best descriptions I've ever heard of the band was from an old interview with Mikey where he said, somewhere around 1973, pop could have gone somewhere else. And I think that we're at the end of one of those corridors that has been neglected. I love that. It's a great description. So one of my favorite Devant songs is an early single called Cookie. And of course, as you're writing, there's a mix of resonances in your head, you know? And I like the idea of the band being called Buttery Cake Ass and keeping with the sweets tip, their close friend being named Cookie. And the opening line of the second verse is, so Cookie's daddy was a sailor. And I thought it would be fun to write her dad into the story, but not as a sailor. There's a line in another song of theirs, Ginger, which is, you're in the dentist chair, open wider. So cross-pollinating between the songs, I thought it would be fun to have her dad be a dentist. Like, what would he think of his daughter hanging around with such a band called buttery cake ass and what that would do to your teeth and not only that but i decided to give their family the last name of dune as a reference to lorna dunes but also because her father would then be dr dune which sounded close enough to dr doom for me so yeah definitely check out david devon and his spirit wife if you don't know them in an alternate universe they're the biggest band in the world and incredibly fun to see live. During Ginger, they used to have their spectral roadies come out and great carrots into the audience member's hair. And Mikey himself, in his role as the vessel, wears a giant quiff wig, sparkly jumpsuit, and silver boots. And the songs are just so dang catchy. (laughs) 